Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here alongside you, and no Travis Krenz this week. That's right, Krenz is off in the cities. He's uh, went to the Vikings game. He went to the Timberwolves game. So we'll get all the reaction to his uh, his visit later. So I'm pleased to be joined by for the majority of this podcast this week, my good friend from the Sioux City Journal, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you? I'm good. Real quick, whenever you talk to Corinne's next, could you talk to him next week on the podcast? I will talk to him next week, yes. Next week, and I'm sure you'll ask him about what he saw at the Vikings and the Timberwolves game. Mm-hmm. Ask him what it was like in consecutive days to be the best quarterback ever and then the best small forward ever. Whether you believe those statements are true or not, ask him those two questions and just see how he reacts. Well, who's the best quarterback ever? Drew Brees, Drew Brees. This hypothetical scenario because right. he saw Drew Brees play on Sunday and then he saw LeBron play on Monday. Ah, very fair. I didn't know if we were talking about Jimmy Butler or someone else to that effect. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely ask him. Uh, we'll gauge his reaction to that and everything. So uh, let's go. Uh, let's get right to it, though. We bring you on here for some college football talk, and so that's what we will be talking about here the majority of the time. Uh, first off, though, um, I've often mentioned how long college football games can take, you know, three and a half, sometimes four hours. It just seems like it drags on. Um but I would much rather go through three and a half or four hours than a seven hour and 20 minute baseball game. Um, would you be able to sit through a seven hour and 20 minute baseball game? Would you be able to watch that? How, how the hell would you, anyone be able to do that regardless of if it's the world series or game 49 in the schedule? It would be very difficult. You are in a different situation than I am because you were married and I am single. I had just started dating some really cute girl and she wanted to watch the whole game I could. Outside of that, it'd be tough for me to watch a game that's like seven and a half hours long. At some point, I'd, even if I was awake still, I'd be like, I just want to do something else now. Right. If the game got done 3.30 local time, or not not 3.30 local time, but 3.30 in Boston time. I mean, that's just, that's insane. I don't, uh, I don't get it, but um, you know what? Boston Red Sox win the World Series. Congratulations to them. The college football playoff rankings, uh, by the time everyone hears this podcast, or by the time most people hear this podcast, uh, we will know the initial college football playoff rankings here. And I have to imagine that you and I are probably in agreement with this, that Alabama is shockingly number one, uh, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, and LSU four. Are we going to see any surprises, you think, Tuesday night? I mean, the those ha- those should think, be the four teams, right? I think those are going to be the four teams. I could possibly see it being a different order. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I could see Clemson being number one over Alabama just because not that Clemson's played like a brutal schedule, but Alabama has also not played a very difficult schedule to this point. That's going to change this weekend when they yep. play at LSU. But basically... I don't know. I, I read somewhere, you know, if you look at advanced analytics, Alabama hasn't played a defense better than 90th out of, like, the 130 teams up to this point this year. Now, I think it's safe to say that when they play better defenses, they will still be good on offense, but, you know, maybe they won't be putting up 50 or 60 and scoring in a minute and a half on every drive either. 
we will get to that Alabama uh, uh, LSU game here in a moment because that's a big. This next week of college football is just huge with a couple of monster games in the SEC. Yeah, this is, yeah I mean, you must find a mistake, and I know there have been some other weeks with some good games, but this is the first like Titanic week where it's like, oh, there's like 12 games that look to be fantastic that if they were. You know, most other weeks it'd be like, oh, this is the first or the second best game this week. Where it's like, oh, well, this is like the 11th best game. It was just that many good ones. No doubt. Um, I feel like the the image that will stick with me most week nine in college football was the shirtless guy at the Florida State Clemson game. Uh, I mean that I was watching that live. I was watching that live. It was just. Fun, it's so funny to see, and I feel like you could have put that uh, like sub just an Oregon fan there for the Oregon Arizona game. Now, granted, that was um, that was in Arizona, so the stands probably aren't going to empty quite as fast there. The, so the only other game I think you could possibly do that with uh, of any real consequence would be uh, shall I say what like Northern Illinois BYU that finished seven to six there. I feel like that would be a good uh, a game that deserved a good book. That could be, and just for fun, do you know what book it was that he was reading? I don't, and did I, I thought I heard correctly that, is, is he, was he a professor or a teacher at the school at Florida yeah, State? I, I didn't read the story, but I guess he was a professor at Florida State, and the book he was reading, and this is, I've not read this book or heard of it until I saw someone that zoomed in on the cover and recognized the author and, you know, the partial artwork on the cover to figure out the name of the book. But it is a book called Dark Places, which seems to perfectly encapsulate Florida State. Right <laughs> yeah, I, that's a, you know if you could bring a book to to just encapsulate the season for Florida State, uh, that book sounds about it. And you know what, Dark Places that could be their future here too. I mean, I don't want to give I don't want Willie Taggart to get fired after one season. He needs to be able to. You know, have at least two years, if not three. Now, whether or not Florida State and their fans and the the boosters and everything will be that patient, I don't know. But uh, and granted, Clemson is the number two team in the country. But fifty nine to ten, at fifty nine to three at one point. That's it. It is how it happened too. Not right. Not right. I mean, that's how, how do you respond from that? Like, how do you? How, what can you say? This is this is Florida State we're talking about, one of the most historic programs in the country, just laying a flat-out egg. I mean, it's not good. These are the kind of losses you have as a head coach early in your tenure that a lot of times you just can't ever completely get all the fan base, the fan base back from. You know, the, the bright side is at least you can say that Clemson's really good in this year one and they should get better, but this is... Like, these are the kind of losses that when you're in year three and you finish eight and four, but they wanted you to be ten and two, it's like, oh, well, you know, they lost that Clemson game, just like just like we lost to that NC State game we shouldn't have beat last week. And those are, those are the kind of things that people just don't forget. So, I mean, I don't know. I Certainly, I don't think Tiger is going to get fired this year, but these are the kind of things that when people want you to get fired in year four, that they spring up. Number of upsets this week. If you were a team ranked in the twenties, that was not a good 
good thing for you. Wisconsin lost because Alex Hornibrook, uh, their quarterback, was out with a concussion. Uh, South Florida got the doors blown off by Houston. NC State lost at Syracuse. And uh, Appalachian State, hey, congratulations. You got ranked for the first time in school history. You promptly lose by 20 to Georgia Southern. So if you were a team ranked in the 20s, not good for you. Oregon State loses bad, or not Oregon State, excuse me. Oregon loses badly at Arizona. Washington in Yeah, or- Oregon State did not lose. They were down 31-3 to to Colorado and came all the way back and won in overtime. I was going to mention it, but since uh, since I miss, uh, misread the uh, the score here for, for, for Oregon and Arizona, since I said Oregon State and you just brought that up, 31-3, um, I, I, Oregon State is one of the worst teams in the Power 5 conferences. They probably rank slightly higher than... Kansas and Rutgers, or as uh, Marcus Traxler would say, Butkers, but but not by much. For them to come back and beat Colorado, a team that was ranked, you know, that was undefeated prior to a couple weeks ago when they lost at Washington. And people thought could still win the South and play in the Pac-12 title game, too. Right. For them to lose a 31-3 lead at home to Oregon State, is it's it's mind blowing to me. I don't know how in the hell that happened. Yeah, I don't know. That's another one where you can have people shirtless in the stands reading dark places. Or yes, maybe, you know, in cold blood or whatever book with a nasty sounding title. Yeah, I mean, art of darkness. I don't know. I just I don't get it. Uh, good for Oregon State though. Um, not so good for Colorado, of course. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, yeah, the the one team that had a great win in the state of Oregon this week was Oregon State, and who would have ever thought that? Uh, Texas A&M lost. Uh, this, well, let's stay in the the Pac-12, I guess. Then with Washington State knocking off Stanford, uh, 41-38, a comeback win for Washington State. They are the only hope the Pac-12 has at any shot at the college football playoff and it seems unlikely that it will happen but we're kind of going down a crash course here for washington state utah uh that's a pac-12 championship game that i don't think anyone had going into the into the season no absolutely not there's no way i would have ever you could have given me eight guesses on what it's going to be and i i don't i don't think i would have had either of those two teams in there this and I think it's it's worth noting also if Washington State loses, it's incredibly unlikely anyone from the Pac-12 would get in. But the way all these undefeated and one-loss teams keep dropping over the last couple of weeks, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we we could fall into like a 2007 year where a two-loss LSU team won the national title. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's worth noting that. If teams keep losing high rankings at this pace, something like that could happen. Gardner Minshew, uh, the guy with the mustache, is uh, he's very good. The transfer, what he he was tra- he transferred from East Carolina, had an offer from Alabama, if I recall correctly, and then said, "No, I'm going to go to Washington State." I believe he, I believe that's his, uh, that's been his course to get to Pullman. Uh, he's been phenomenal. He made the right choice going to Washington State. I, I don't think he's starting that out. <laughs> I agree. I mean, this, you know, Washington State, because 
because they have Mike Leach there, they're just kind of a fun team to keep an eye on here. Um, so I really hope Washington State can at least make things interesting and at least have a discussion for the Pac-12 getting into the playoff, you know, assuming more chaos happens. I like it. You want the Pirate to reign supreme in the Orange or in the Rose Bowl this year. Oh, I you know do. What I do, most definitely. Uh, let's see here. I should check. Because what if Utah happened... No, never mind. The Rose Bowl is not going to be on a Sunday. I was going to say, it would be fascinating if Utah was the Pac-12 representative and they were in the Rose Bowl and the Rose Bowl was on a Sunday, but because uh, maybe that's just BYU that wouldn't be able to play on a Sunday. BYU does that. I don't, I don't think Utah does. I think that's what keeps BYU out of the Pac-12. Don't quote me on that, but okay. I think that's the case, especially because now even though I think there are obviously a lot of people who are Mormon that go to the University of Utah, it is still, it's a public school, not a private school. Right, right. Um, SEC here, that's uh, Georgia won the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, uh, 36-17 over Florida. What was your biggest takeaway from that game? I think the biggest takeaway would be that even though Georgia got smoked by LSU a couple weeks ago, that they're still pretty darn good. And I don't think they would beat Alabama in the SEC title game, assuming they get there. they got to beat Kentucky. But they're definitely not like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. There, there was a brief point where they lost. It was like, oh, maybe Georgia will lose two or three games. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. They're, they're still pretty good. Uh Jake from State Palm is uh, also <laughs> still the starting quarterback and is, is pretty good when you let him do his stuff. Oh, I like that. That's very good. Uh, we appreciate the pun and the reference there. Uh, I, he wasn't wearing khakis. I stole that. That is his. Uh, that's his Twitter handle on his Twitter account, Jake from State Palm. Hey, that's great. Uh, hopefully, he's wearing khakis um, pre-post game all the time. Um, do you think the fact that Georgia had two weeks to stew on that blowout loss to LSU benefited them in any way? I think it probably helps. I think it's always easier. I mean, it's always easy to get guys up for a big game like Florida, but going into the bye week, I think it's possible they could have maybe been a little more lackadaisical or things like that. But, you know, when you're coming off a loss like that, I think it's always easier as a coach to motivate guys and as a player to want to do more stuff when things are going wrong than when you know, I, I, just, I think it's easier on something like that you know if they were if they were coming off five straight wins but they'd won by 30 I think it's much easier to be like no we're good I don't know that I need to do extra stuff or anything like that and then is there a team uh, that is ranked as high as Kentucky is that's worse, uh, that is as bad as Kentucky is? And yes, they only have one loss, but they do nothing to inspire any sort of confidence. I mean, they in, they inexplicably won at Missouri 15-14. What, was an untimed down? That's what they got? That's how they beat? Yeah, on a play called for pass interference that shouldn't have been called pass interference in the first place. Yeah, so, I mean, this... I almost I kind of feel bad for Missouri does not have good luck late in games against highly ranked teams at home. Well, they have luck. Colorado got the dip down. Nebraska had the flea kicker play and beat them in overtime. Missouri, or they, they miss a field goal against South Carolina at home in overtime. And now Kentucky is getting untimed down on questionable at best pass interference calls. 
Well, Missouri has good luck, uh, but even luck was not very good in this one here. Uh, 15 and 27. Yes, I, I saw they, uh, they, they did return a punt for a touchdown in the second half. Missouri did. But since obviously if your offense isn't out on the field, it doesn't count as an offensive possession. Mm-hmm. Missouri had offensive possessions in the second half with three and out on all eight of them. And uh. that's why they lost. That's terrible. Uh, was just a wide receiver, thirteen for Kentucky. Lee uh, Bowden Jr. thirteen receptions, hundred sixty six yards. So that's great. I mean, I, but seriously, Kentucky is just awful. For but yet they're ranked twelfth, and I, I guess you have to do it. But is if there is there a team that you have as mu- as little confidence in in the top fifteen as Kentucky? You you have less you have you have more confidence in Kentucky than West Virginia. Uh, let me I get. Would say it's about, I would say it's not that I have more; it's that I don't have confidence in either of them. I believe seen West Virginia play poorly on offense for a few weeks and only having 130 yards at Iowa State. Like I'm not, I, I probably pick West Virginia to beat Kentucky at a neutral site. It's just more saying that I, I don't think either of them should be that high. But, but I don't know what West Virginia's ranked. Uh, the, in, the, in the AP Top 25, West Virginia is 12th. Kentucky is 11th. Yeah, I'm not too high on either of those two. Crazy Virginia is ranked in the top twenty-five this week. That's that sucks. Uh, speaking of sucks, uh, Virginia Tech's defense sucked Thursday night against the uh, the option uh, by Georgia Tech. I was not very happy with that. They were not good again. And you know Georgia Tech. To me, Georgia Tech and Auburn are the two most bipolar teams that you just never know what you're going to get. So I would never want to have to play either of those two teams. The thing of it is, you do, and you're lucky they don't play well, and you can smoke them because there's times that happen. But there's times that they just, from season to season, and from week to week during the season, you just you never know what's going to happen. The the thing of it is, uh, Justin Fuentes apparently has not beaten Georgia Tech in any of his three years, and he had a bye week to prepare for this. I mean, this is a Bud Foster defense. I get that the defense is young, but at home. I just I would have thought that Virginia Tech would have at least been able to stop. And you know what? The turning point was the 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 muffed punt or the the fumbled punt in the second quarter that really kind of doomed them uh, at that stage because they were up twenty one fourteen. You thought, hey, maybe you know the way their offense is going, you could get up twenty eight fourteen, maybe force Georgia Tech out of their game a little bit. Um, not the case. So bad loss, Virginia Tech. Bad loss there. Uh, so. Anything else from this last week uh, that that really caught you? It's your also eye? worth noting that uh, Texas, uh, oh yes, Oklahoma yes, State, yep. Mike um, didn't equal his "I'm a man, I'm 40" rant, but had a pretty nice post game press conference too. Well, he I I had forgotten I had that written down, and now uh, then I forgot, and now uh, since you brought it up, what what was your reaction to Gundy's uh, little post game rant? I liked it. I thought it was funny. You know, if anyone didn't hear it, someone asked him essentially, like, oh, about his quarterback 
Because like, apparently whenever anyone asked Mike Gundy about his quarterback, that's what leads to these great moments. But something about how he hadn't been playing well and, you know, the outside noise or something like that, and he asked for clarification, and the guy said, you know, there was out negative noise towards the Oklahoma State quarterback on, like, Twitter and on the radio, and I don't have the quote in front of me, so this is paraphrasing, but Gundy essentially said, like, Twitter, I don't give a rat's ass about Twitter, and then, like, made a little fart noise, <laughs> and it's the only time I can think of I've seen, like, an adult in public, on television, like, do something like that, that was, you know, not a joke in a movie that was scripted. Like an unscripted on the fly, make a fart noise that was not like a reference to something that a seven-year-old kid was doing, and it made me laugh, and I liked it. I think I think it made a lot of people laugh, and I don't think uh, you'll find too many people that have a problem with it. Mike Gundy always good for a quote there. Yeah, Oklahoma State upsets Texas, and I wouldn't. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a, a little surprised by it, just given the fact that Oklahoma State. Lost to Iowa State at home a few weeks back, and then also got the doors blown off at Kansas State. But given it, yeah, that was the other one. I, I think Iowa State might be—they had a weird start, but might be fairly good this year. Like not great, but fairly good. Kansas State did not look very good, and they still smoked the Cowboys recently. So right. Was, so prime time. I mean, and, like if you would have told me Texas would win, like thirty-one twenty. And it was kind of close. I would have bought that, but I would not have thought that they would just straight up like win in a game that for a while they were uh, they were up by twenty or something like that. They were smoking them for a while. And I think Texas's quarterback wasn't fully healthy. El Elry or what? Sam Ellinger. Yeah, Ellinger. Thank you. So maybe that had something to do with it as well. But either way, Texas is involved in a Titanic clash uh, this upcoming week with West Virginia. Here, that is going to be a stellar game. Uh, that's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, currently, Texas is favored by two. I really want West Virginia to win this game. But this is just one of four huge matchups. As you mentioned, it's going to be a titanic week in uh, in college football. You have four games pitting ranked teams against one another. And they're all four really, really good teams, or really good games, and they all four have playoff implications in it, and that's the best part of in all of this. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. One of them I must be forgetting. One of them is Alabama LSU. Yep. One of them is Michigan Penn State. Yep. One's Texas West Virginia. What's what's the one I'm forgetting? Georgia Kentucky. That's right. I yeah, I mentioned that. I, I I had already forgotten about that one. But yeah. <laughs> well, very, Kentucky's a very forgettable team, um, but they're both seven and one, and the winner of this game controls their destiny to the SEC East. Now, I think we can all say with. I, I think also. I, I think I don't remember if it's Georgia or Kentucky, but like. If they win, they essentially win. Period. Because I think they've only got like one other conference. Because they get the. I could be wrong, but I think it's Kentucky that then they do like the, you know, like one, maybe two more conference games, but then like bye week, then bad FCS team, and then they end the season with Louisville. Right. Let me, I'm pulling up Kentucky's schedule here right now. So they are, at, after this game with Georgia, they are at Tennessee, home to middle Tennessee State, and at Louisville. So you are. 
Yeah, they've only got one more conference. Yeah, so basically, if they win, they I think that. So I don't think it's like it puts them in the lead. They win it. Period. Right. Because if they win, yeah. And then I don't know if Georgia has more in one conference game post that game too. No. Yep. They just have the one, and that would be home to Auburn, and then they're home to UMass and home to Georgia Tech. So I mean, really. Yeah. So this is literally the SEC, the SEC East championship game. Exactly. And if we had, I mean, I think we could all say with a straight face that if Kentucky were to somehow represent the SEC East in the champion, in the SEC championship game, that Alabama would toy with them and just smoke them into obliteration. There would be no, absolutely no chance that Kentucky would win that game. Uh, But if it's Georgia, then you can have that conversation. Yeah, like yes, Georgia can beat them. We saw we saw what they did in the championship game last year. Not the SEC championship, but the national championship. So Georgia would be able to beat Alabama. But if it's Kentucky, there's no way in hell that's happening. No, the only way it would happen is if you know, like there's a plague and all the Alabama players are sick or something right. like that. I mean. This would be uglier than the Florida teams under Jim McElwain playing Alabama and losing like thirty-eight to three in games that weren't as close as the score was. I'm trying. Like, to, I think this would. Be, I think it'd be worse than those. I'm trying to think. There was an SEC championship game a few years back. I want to say it was five or six, and I think it. I think Auburn was one of the teams, and I can't remember who they were playing. Maybe it was a was it Tennessee or. There was just there was another team. It was just a, an absolute blowout uh, and just ugly to watch. There was one where they played after Auburn beat Alabama on the, the kick six. Yeah, they beat Missouri, but it was high scoring. I mean, it wasn't like really close, but it was like sixty to forty two or something like that. Yep. That's the one you're thinking of? I, mean, I think that, that does sound uh, familiar. Yeah, to think Missouri in the SEC championship game. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. But, I mean, so so that's a def, that's a game to keep an eye on. That's going at the same time as Texas-West Virginia. Uh, are you you're favoring Texas then over West Virginia? Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, or I forgot. Is it in Austin? Or it's, is in it Austin. In it's in Austin. It's in Austin. Yeah. In Texas, even though I don't think Texas has like a great home field advantage, I just think it's it's tough for West Virginia to fly on and win, especially with Texas coming off a loss and needing a win. West West Virginia, even though they struggled on defense against Oklahoma State, Mm -hmm. Texas generally been pretty good. I mean, other than the Oklahoma State Maryland game, they've been really good. And I guess Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's probably got the best offense in the country. If West in general, been pretty good on defense, and West Virginia has just at times been, or as good as they should be on offense, at times struggled. The benefit for West Virginia is that they only have one loss. They've played one fewer game because their game with NC State got uh, postponed due to Hurricane Florence, or canceled, I should say. But the fact that they only have that one loss could end up working in their favor if they could beat Texas and then somehow beat Oklahoma when Oklahoma comes to Morgantown. Uh, at the end of the regular season, so that's something to keep an eye on too. Texas, two teams have to go to the title. I mean, it would hurt their national title hopes. Mm-hmm. But if you just talked about winning the Big Twelve, if they beat Texas, depending on how some other things shake out, they could 
I think still lose to Oklahoma and get in, but but then you're not talking about you know 100 percent controlling your own destiny. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, you know what? Maybe they can just get a win from Kansas. I mean, that was amazing that they were able to beat TCU last week. TCU, the wheels have fallen off that program this year. Uh, and to yeah, think, whenever you lose to Kansas, it's bad. You're just not good when you lose to Kansas. And to think that they had a big game against Ohio State earlier this season, what, week yeah, three? That's yeah. what they're up. And then we talk about how Ohio State got smoked by Purdue, not this past weekend, but a week, a little over a week ago. Mm-hmm. And you look back at that TCU game, and it's like, oh, well, maybe neither of them were as good as we thought they were. And I guess that shows how. Ohio State's defense has really been mediocre at best all year, and TCU is probably not going to go to a bowl game, which is weird to say. Uh, Penn State, Michigan, that's at 2:45 on uh, Central Time on ESPN. That's a that's a weird time. Why the hell is that at 2:45? Super weird. Uh, I don't know. I agree that it's weird. Just kick off at two thirty. So you have three games with the ranked teams going up against one another. It's like they it's like they cleared the entire schedule so you could just watch Alabama LSU uh, at seven o'clock. You have Notre Dame at Northwestern, so I guess there will be some eyeballs on that. That's at six fifteen. So that that was start- with most other weeks. Like Notre Dame Northwestern might be like the game of the week in a lot of weeks, but. Instead, it's like the tenth most interesting game. Right, and but there's just no other games really of note at that time. I guess I was just looking at the the games involving ranked teams, but it's weird. Uh, regarding Michigan, Penn State, how much? What are the odds that you're gonna give Penn State of upsetting Michigan? I don't like the odds, but if the I wouldn't put it past Penn State and Trace McSorley and company to find a way to to take down the Wolverines. Uh, you may have mentioned it. It's is, is at Michigan. It is at Michigan, yes. I mean, I'd give them a puncher's chance. I do like McSorley, and Penn State's clearly upgraded their talent over the last few years where they're, I mean, I'm not saying they're the most talented team in the conference, but they're not like, I'm gunned in terms of talent when they play teams, but I think it's going to be it's going to be tough to win in Ann Arbor just because that that defense for Michigan is so damn good. That, oh, I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't wish having to be an offensive player playing against Michigan on hardly anybody except like terrorists. <laughs> um, and then. Until LSU actually can beat Alabama, they haven't beat Alabama since 2011, if I recall correctly. We're just going to go with Alabama beating LSU in Death Valley, right? Yeah, I think Alabama's going to win. Like, I, I think this will be a close game for a half, maybe three quarters. And I think if you're just looking for a good game or a close game, you'll generally get your money's worth. But to me, this feels like one of those games that Alabama wins, like, 14-3. to three. I guess the Alabama maybe isn't as good on defense in recent years and it's pretty good on offense. Maybe maybe instead of 14-3, to three, maybe it's like 24-10. to 10. In a game that's generally close, but not quite as close as the final score, but they just kind of... Like Alabama dominates special teams in field position, and LSU is always backed up and can never go more than like 15 yards at a time. And- like... 
And it's the thing, it's the thing, Death Valley. I think it's going to be close, and the defense for LSU will be fired up and play very well, but it's just going to kind of get worn out and run down by the end. I think LSU's one their safety, one of their safeties is uh, going to miss the first half for the targeting uh, for a targeting penalty from a couple from a game a couple of weeks ago. I, I think that's correct. Uh, so that could hurt LSU, especially if they can't match score for score. And yeah, and as you said, Alabama's not nearly as good on defense this year as they have been in previous years, but they're stellar on offense. So they've just kind of flipped the script a little bit. So I, if with if LSU's defense is going to have to play lights out, um, and I don't know how well they're going to be and able we've to. We've seen it before. Even if they do play lights out. They could, pull, they could basically, you know, do the pitcher equivalent of, you know, mm-hmm. pitching a complete game with seven hits and one run and be like, oh, well, yeah, we played great, but, you know, we lost we lost 20 to 7. Yeah, and the thing of it is, in Death Valley here the last four times or whatever, Alabama has beaten LSU, but any other time uh, the, a ranked team, like a top five, top ten team, comes to LSU, comes to Death Valley uh, in the last five or six years or so, they've gotten smoked by LSU. LSU just, for whatever reason, cannot beat Alabama. It is their biggest rival. That's who they always gear up for, and uh, they just haven't been able to do it. A couple other games on the slate this week that we should really keep our eyes on. I tell you what, is you, you know, we always play, we're going to play bull bound or not here in just a moment. But uh, we bring up when will they, as well. That's the other game that uh, it's the 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 sister game to Bull Bound or not. Uh, UTEP at Rice at 3:30 p.m. Eastern, 2:30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN3. UTEP's 0-8. Rice is 1-8. So that's a game to keep an eye on. And then UConn at Tulsa. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central on CBS Sports Network. Both teams are 1-7. Why in the hell is CBS Sports Network putting this game on? Surely there's got to be another game that they could put on. Maybe they're in the middle of a budget crisis and they only had to pay $14 to enter that game. And that's why. I, I mean, heck, I see Florida Atlantic and Florida International are on at 630. Put that game on instead. I would much rather. I, I mean, I don't really want to watch that game, but I would much rather watch that than UConn and Tulsa. That's that is just awful, just awful stuff here. Uh, congrats to San Jose State, by the way. They got their first win of the year last week against UNLV. I believe you had that when you were on a couple weeks ago. That you said they would beat UNLV. I'd have to check well, the tape. Throw enough crap against the wall, some of it sticks, Atkins. <laughs> Uh, anything else on this week's slate before we get to bull bound or not? Uh, my Cornhuskers on a two-game winning streak, oh, and yes. wouldn't you know it, they get to play Ohio State, which I think is so unfortunate for Nebraska. Hey, the, what they a, not only have to play Ohio State in Columbus, but they have to play Ohio State coming off a of bye week where their most recent game was they got destroyed by Purdue. So I think that will be one of those games where you know the equivalent of. An older brother gets made fun of by his friends at school, so then he goes home and beats his younger brothers or sisters in ping pong by, you know, 
21 to 6 to make him feel better about himself. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a good game for Nebraska on well, Saturday. It was an impressive win against Bethune-Cookman, and you obviously, uh, Nebraska beat Minnesota the week before. So, hey, Ohio State's well, deep. Oh, I forgot about this. While I watched that game, I would imagine almost nobody on the planet watched it unless they were a Nebraska or a Bethune-Cookman fan. But I do want to bring this up. They had, a, they had an interesting-looking kicker-slash-punter for Bethune-Cookman. I believe his name was Uriel Hernandez. He was listed at five foot four. Guess what his listed weight was? A hundred and ten pounds. Two oh nine. Holy five foot four, two oh nine. Was now since you watched the game, was that a mistake? Do you did was there a uh, was there a misprint or a mistype in the in the CG that they showed for him? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I would say he could have possibly weighed more than that. Holy cats. Which is risk coming from, you know, a six foot five, three 320-pound guy like myself making fun of someone for weighing too much. So, on a five-foot-four frame, it's like, wow, that is a lot to back onto that, that tiny little body there. No kidding. <laughs> Oh, that's that's. Uh, now I'm gonna have to try and find Bethune Cookman tape for some footage and and catch a game uh, to see this guy. Uh, but well, let's... probably can. He had a pump that was downed inside the ten yard line, and he kind of did like a little fist pump or dance thing. And people type that. You just type in because he was both a kicker and a punter. But since it was a punt play, you know, if you type in like Bethune Cookman punter flare or dance or something like that. Will probably pop up. Or, I mean, I would assume the Big Ten Network's going to re-air this game, right? I mean, it was a classic, I, I assume. I had to give the game of the season that when, you know, it's in July when they're like, hey, should we replay that Big Ten title game? I'm like, no, Nebraska Buffoon Cookman all day, every day. <laughs> yes, yes, you need to fill the time up somehow. And don't put it on it from like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Let's get it in the prime spot here. Prime time. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Thursday. Non-stop commercial free. That's, that's right. That's right. Unfortunately, I don't think Nebraska is going to be bowl bound. Uh, we've discussed them already, so let's get right yep, to They'd the... have to win out, and they would have to win at, at Ohio State, at Iowa, and home versus Michigan. I don't think that's going to happen. No, that that seems unlikely. So we'll go right into the game that's sweeping the nation. Of course, we have it in all spots of the country. Trent on in New Jersey. Huge fan of Bullbound or not. Uh, let's see. Bristol in Connecticut. Thank you, Bristol. She had a nice note saying she listens to the podcast every week. And, uh, this is Greenfield in Illinois. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, Lawrence in Kansas. Uh, we huge fan he's like he says that he does not he likes it he just he hasn't had much to much of a reason to get excited about the game even though he says it's very intriguing but uh lawrence i have something we have something for you today uh we will be bringing up your kansas jayhawks uh to shut them down right away but uh we'll bring them up so uh you know what lawrence we'll start off with those kansas jayhawks Charlie, Kansas has three wins. I can't believe I'm saying that. They they're, have, they're three and four? They are three, three, and three. three and five. Three and five? Three and five. Two, three, four, five. Yes, three and five. So they would need to win three of, three their, of their final four games. Yes. <laughs> here's, here's the remaining schedule. 
home to Iowa State, at Kansas State, at Oklahoma, and home to Texas. Charlie, is Kansas bowl bound or not? I don't think so. When I heard Iowa State, I chalked that up as a loss in my head. Then I heard Kansas State, and I was like, well, they could beat Kansas State. If they also beat Iowa State, they only need to win one of these next two. And then I heard Oklahoma and Texas, and went, nope, not going to happen. Well, how Texas of that would it be for them to lose to Kansas? Twice in four years or three years or whatever, that yep. would be pretty funny. I'd laugh a lot. <laughs> it's just something to keep... Keep our eyes on. How about this? The Charlotte 49ers. We're going to Conference USA here. We're going to we're going to some of these small schools here, and we'll uh, when we reconvene here in a, a couple of weeks, we'll go back to the the Power Five conferences because we'll we'll be able to weed out a lot of the teams here by that time and see who is bowl bound or not. But the Charlotte 49ers are four and four. They are at Tennessee, at Marshall, home to Florida International, and at Florida Atlantic. And I, as I read this here, I'm going to say they are not bull bound. But this is the game for you. So, what uh, is Charlotte? Are the Charlotte 49ers bull bound or not? I will say that they are. They're not going to beat Tennessee, but they will win two of those other three. Really? All right. I like it. Uh, this, I believe, would be their first ever bowl appearance. Then if they win that, so uh, uh, it was like the Auto Care Nation Bowl or whatever in uh, in Orlando that opening Saturday. I think uh, Charlotte would be. Who knows? Maybe they'll be in. Uh, never mind. I was going to say the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl, but then I remember I don't think they call it the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to Florida Atlantic, but um, they're three and five. What what's going on with Lane Kiffin and company? Uh, Florida Atlantic. Let's pull up their schedule here. They are at Florida International. I don't know. It seems like it's like a lot of Lane Kiffin tenures, whether he's a coordinator or a head coach. Where I have that one really good year, you think, "Oh my God, look how good they're going to be!" And then it's like, "Oh, how come they're not that good anymore?" They are at Florida International, home to Western Kentucky, at North Texas, and home to Charlotte. Charlie is Florida Atlantic bull bound or not? Three and five. Yeah. I gotta say, no, three and five. They were four and five, maybe, but three. It pains me to say, but I'm gonna go with no. Oh. Ain't too much of the rat poison. I remember last year when they were in the. I think they played at the Boca Raton Bowl, so they didn't even have to go anywhere. I think I put all the confidence points on them, and I think I, I came out on top, um, which was great for me. Uh, but that was one of the – it was weird how many teams last year played, like, home games or only had to travel, like, 20 miles to play in a game. It's super strange. But, uh, anywho, uh, let's see. You know what? I think we, I don't know if we talked about Liberty or not last time. The independent Liberty Flames. They are 3-4 and four on the season. 4-4, uh, four and four, excuse me. Four. Wait, is this, this is not right. Yeah, 4-3. and three. Excuse me, I can't even read this here. All right, 4-3. and three. They are at UMass, at UVA, at Auburn. Home to New Mexico State and home to Nor uh, Norfolk State. It is Liberty Bowl bound or not? They're 
four and three? Yes. I'm going to say they are. I forgot all the teams you mentioned, but they're going to win their first or their next game, and they're going to win the last game against Norfolk State. Well, they play UMass and New, New Mexico State as well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I think uh, they have. They're not gonna beat Auburn though. No, and they're probably not gonna beat Virginia. Uh, Nor Virginia, who who somehow might win the their the Atlantic Coast. Oh, oh, that would that pains my soul so much to uh, to think of Virginia. Representing, well, throwing the the you know lamb to the to the lions here, just getting slaughtered when they play Clemson and Charlotte in the ACC championship game. I mean, I can't think of a, a worse team that uh, that they'd have to. I mean, that would that would be an ugly game, don't you think? I do not think it would go well for Virginia. Let's see here. We got. We're gonna move on to. There are a bevy of teams here. How about this? Oh, we're gonna go to the MAC. Let's get your MACTION on here, and we will go with Toledo. Four and four, Toledo. They, if we can get the schedule to. Pull up nicely here. There we go. They are home to Ball State at Northern Illinois at Kent State and home to Central Michigan. Charlie, is Toledo bull bound or not? Toledo is much like a rocket ship going to go cruise into a bowl game. Very good. Uh, and we highly recommend that the, the, the rocket puns for Toledo be used frequently whenever discussing uh, Toledo. Also, Holy Toledo... Do not use the rocket ship that the Dolphins are using because it will crash and you will not make it all the way there. (laughs) Well, yeah, and you need some wide receivers. I think that would be a pivotal... They need a lot of stuff. Uh, Eastern Michigan is 4-5. and They are home to Central Michigan, home to Akron, and at Kent State. Are the Eastern Michigan Eagles bowl-bound or not? I am going to say no. They'd have to win two or three. They win only one out of three. Oh, you know, Eastern Michigan made it to their first bowl game, I think, since like the 80s last year. I believe they lost, but uh, hopefully, I'm trying to think where they played at. Was it the Bahamas Bowl or something against Old Dominion? Uh, Either way, I, I certainly hope Ole Miss or Ole Miss, Eastern Michigan can make it. Uh, of course, Ole Miss is not bowl eligible. Uh, let's see. Let's go to a couple ones. You, you, give me the the last conference that you want to look at. Let's go. Does it have to be a group of five conference? It can be whatever conference you would like. Let's go with the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve. Okay. Big 12, what do we got here? Well, we, we'd already talked about Kansas, so let's go with, we're going to go with two schools here, Kansas State and TCU. Both teams are 3-5. and five. Kansas State's schedule, their remaining schedule, at TCU, home to Kansas, home to Texas Tech, and at Iowa State. 
Charlie Hildebrand, is Kansas State bull-bound or not? The whole time you were running through that, I was like, there's no way they're going to. And then I heard all those games. I think Kansas State's going to go to a bowl game. Oh, my God. So who do you have them losing to? Do you have them losing to TCU this week? Uh, I would think Iowa State. Part of, the, part of that is I do a podcast each week where one of the teams we discuss is Iowa State. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that I am like intimately familiar with Iowa State, but I think I'm more familiar with Iowa State than any other casual college football fan that does not follow them because I tend to, I don't watch them every week, but watch a fair amount of them. And I think, I don't think Iowa State's going to get to like nine wins, but I think they can get to seven or eight. So I think, I think Kansas State loses to Iowa State. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to get K- uh, TCU schedule pulled up here. Obviously, they do play Kansas State. Uh, let's, let's see. Come on here. Well, technical difficulties here as we pull up TCU schedule. Again, I'm just so surprised. You know that Gary Patterson and company have had just a terrible time this year. I mean, it's very unexpected for... I mean, this is especially, but this this has happened to him a few times before. Now, part of it is just when you've been a head coach for like 15 or years at a school or however long, you know, that you're going to have a few that aren't great. But I, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just that they run into years where they're really, really, really rebuilding and instead of trying to take shortcuts you know, to get six or seven wins that year, they say, well, let's just completely start over. And even if we're not as good this year, we've built up enough of goodwill that we're not going to get fired. And then we'll just win 10 games the next year. Right. You know what? That that very well could be, um, you know, it's, yeah, I think, you know, as long as they're they're building it, the, the team the right way, uh, and I assume they, they would be, but... Uh, it's still it's still funny to me. I mean, they, they, for crying out loud, they lost to Kansas. I mean, that's that's yeah, the. If you had told me they'd go seven and five this year, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's worse than I thought. But I could see that. But yeah, I mean, it looks like they're going to go like four and eight or five and seven. Yes. Okay. So obviously, bowl bound or not is not. It's not looking kind to on TCU to. Uh, you know, this is a very foreboding metaphor. <laughs> Uh, so here's here's TCU's schedule. They are home to Kansas State, at West Virginia, at Baylor, and home to Oklahoma State. So is TCU bull bound or not? And they're three and four. They are three and five. Three and five. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think they, I think we get to five and seven. I don't think they're getting to six. TCU, there you go. All that trouble, and we are uh, proclaiming them. Gary Patterson and company out. So there you go. Also, game to keep your eye on uh, this week: Kent State at Bowling Green. Both teams one and seven. That's on ESPNU. Uh, can't think of any more worse garbage to throw on ESP, ESPNU on a Tuesday night. Needless to say, those teams will not be involved in the college football playoff rankings. <laughs> I think that's fair to assume. All uh, right. Even in terms of quality of the wins for whoever beats them. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Charlie, I always appreciate it when you come on. Uh, thank you for for joining me here, and uh, we'll chat in a couple weeks, play another edition of Bull Bound or Not, and we'll see where we're at in the college football playoff rankings. Sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to it, and let's all just pretend that LSU is going to win, even though we know they're eventually going to lose Alabama. You know, if we all close our eyes and think really hard and make a wish, our dreams might not come true still. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Charlie. Yep, talk to you later, bud. All right. Thank you, sir. Charlie Hildebrand joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time, as always. Great college football mind. You can find his stuff on, uh, he's got the coffee break, SiouxCityJournal.com. He's got the podcast, Running Up the Score. They talk about USD, Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska. So plenty of good stuff there. Uh, we don't have a whole lot to get to outside of that here. Of course, as mentioned, Travis is uh, in the in the cities uh, was in the cities over the weekend. Here he went to the Vikings game. They lost. We'll, we'll talk about the Vikings game here in a moment. Uh, went to the Timberwolves game on Monday night. They won that one, so that's very good. Uh, there, other news that we need to mention here. Of course, congratulations to the Boston Red Sox World Series champions for 2018. They beat the Los Angeles Dodgers in five games, uh, including that seven-hour, 20-minute affair Friday night. That happened. Uh, the, the Dodgers won that game 3-2, to two, but uh, just seven hours and 20 minutes, 18 innings. Holy cow. That's really all you could say. College basketball starts next week. We're looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. Anything else here going on? The NHL. Uh, big news for them. They signed a deal or uh, with... Uh, they named MGM their betting partner. So MGM Resorts will be an official betting partner. Uh, the NHL's deal with MGM is not exclusive. It allows the league to sell the sponsorship to other partners if it wishes, which is unlike the NBA because the NBA has also got a deal with MGM. So good for the NHL regarding that. Uh, let's see. Oh, Amari Cooper got traded from the Dallas Cow from the Oakland Raiders to the Dallas Cowboys for a first round pick. So that's interesting. Oh, Hugh Jackson, no longer Cleveland Browns head coach. He got fired on Monday, as did offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Uh, deemed slightly dysfunctional, uh, and that's putting it nicely. Uh, it was. Uh, very dysfunctional by the, by the sounds of it. Uh, Hugh Jackson giving some weird answers and whatnot. So just just crazy stuff going on there. Of course, we talked plenty of college football and stuff. We get excited about college basketball next week. Got the election uh, election next week. So go out and vote. Uh, make sure you do that. It's your duty as an American citizen to to go out and make your voice heard because uh, you can't complain about stuff that's going on unless you go out and vote so go out and vote get that done uh, say do do your job as an american citizen so i think those are running through the headlines there we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about the world series next week big college basketball preview next week with travis crins uh charlie will be joining us again in a couple weeks to, to play more bull bound or not we'll, we'll talk about the college football playoff rankings schedules see what happens over these last couple of weeks but we will conclude this week's 
edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, shorter version with a look back at uh, week eight in the NFL and look ahead to week nine, make some early picks for week nine in the NFL. But let's go back to week eight. And it was quite the day for Deshaun Watson on the Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. Watson throws five touchdowns, only had four incompletions as the Texans beat the the Miami Dolphins 42-23. The Dolphins had a lot of injuries uh, to their wide receivers, so they were a little depleted from that standpoint, injury riddled, and so the Texans take down Miami 42-23. to On Sunday, early, uh, the last of the London games, and it was the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 24-18. Carson Wentz with three touchdowns in this one. Game seemed to change with Keelan Cole fumbling in the second quarter with the Jaguars driving, looking to... Uh, increase their lead. The Eagles would score a touchdown and they would not look back beating Jacksonville 24-18. The best defense in the NFL arguably is the Baltimore Ravens. Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey shredded them. Uh, McCaffrey had a rushing and receiving touchdown. Uh, Newton had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And the Panthers roll over the Baltimore Ravens 36-21. Joe Flacco, a couple interceptions, so not elite there. And the Ravens have fallen to 4-4. Four and four. The Panthers looking very good. And North Turner, the offensive coordinator there in Carolina, was the offensive coordinator, of course, in Minnesota for a year, year and a half or so under Mike Zimmer. But, uh, yeah, that's a big win there for the Carolina Panthers. Windy day in Chicago, not a lot of great offense. Bears didn't need it. They didn't need Khalil Mack either, who sat out with an injury. They beat the Jets 24-10. Tariq Cohen, 70-yard touchdown catch on a screen in the first half. That would be really all the offense that the Bears needed. Wild game in Cincinnati where the Bengals jumped out to an early lead, 27-6 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston threw four interceptions in this game, and the fourth interception, he was yanked. Dirk Cutter, Buccaneers head coach, said that's enough. Uh, and Fitzmagic came in, and Ryan Fitzpatrick led the Buccaneers back to eventually tie the game up at 34. And then Andy Dalton said, okay, well, that's fine. You gave me too much time. Leads the Bengals on a game-winning drive, setting up a game-winning field goal by Randy Bullock. Bengals win 37-34. Joe Mixon had over 100 yards rushing in the first half and a couple of, of touchdowns. So, um, a necessary win for the Bengals to stop the bleeding of a two-game uh, losing streak. They win 37-34. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks had to have been playing with heavy hearts with the late owner Paul Allen dying uh, during their bye week. So they were playing inspired. And Russell Wilson had a big day. Three touchdown passes as the, Lion, or as the Seahawks take care of the Detroit Lions. 28-14 to there in Detroit. Pat Mahomes... All he does, continue to throw touchdowns. He had four of them in this game, including a shovel pass on fourth and one in the third quarter to Kareem Hunt, who hurdled a defender and then dragged three or four others into the end zone. It was that kind of day for the Kansas City Chiefs, who needed all the points they could get as they took down the Denver Broncos 30-23. to a boring one in the uh, at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands there in the swamps of Jersey. Washington beats the Giants 20 to 13. The Giants are now one and seven. Washington's five and two, and they couldn't have done it without Adrian Peterson. 
We had a 64-69 yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter to put the game away. He also had a receiving touchdown. He's playing great. He had almost 150 yards rushing for the day overall in Washington. 5-2 sitting in top first place in the NFC East. I mentioned Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley got fired uh, from the Cleveland Browns on Monday. And that was following a 33-18 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Conner had a couple of touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns. Three straight games, he is the first running back in Steelers history. It, this is an illustrious history. A lot of great players there. He's the first player with two or more rushing touchdowns in three straight games. Antonio Brown had a couple of receiving touchdowns in this one as well. They might be Hall of Famers someday, but... No one has scored more points in the NFL than one former South Dakota State University Jackrabbit. That would be kicker Adam Vinatieri of the Indianapolis Colts. His field goal in the second quarter passed Morton Anderson for most points ever scored by an by a player in NFL history. Congratulations to Adam Vinatieri. Uh, Andrew Luck had a, uh, three touchdowns in this one, all to tight ends. Uh, rather stunning. And Marlon Mack had a big day rushing, and the Colts beat the Raiders 42 to 28, dropping the Raiders to one and six. The Raiders play next Thursday night, and that is a ugly game with the Bay uh, rival San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers lose 18-15 to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback, leading the Cardinals back from down 15-3 with a couple of fourth quarter. Scores. Larry Fitzgerald had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown in this one, so he was big. And the Cardinals sweep the series with the 49ers. They have now won eight in a row against San Francisco. The game of the day was in the Coliseum in Los Angeles, where the Los Angeles Rams got off to a very slow start. The Packers defense played incredibly well in the first half, but the Rams were able to strike, score a touchdown late in the second quarter. They were only trailing 10-8, so the Rams' defense was really uh, doing a pretty decent job bottling up Aaron Rodgers and company. And the Rams turned on the offense in the second half. They got out to a 23-13 lead, only to see the Packers regain the lead from them, 27-26. The Rams drive down, get a field goal, 29-27. Ensuing kickoff, Ty Montgomery inexplicably took the ball out of the end zone, two yards deep, and Fumbled it at the 20. The Rams would recover. And the Rolex play. Todd Gurley running. He would have been able to get to the end zone. But instead goes down at the four-yard line to make sure the clock runs out. And that Aaron Rodgers doesn't see the ball again. The Rams beat the Packers 29-27. In the first game since the Minneapolis miracle last year between the Saints and the Vikings. was the Saints who beat the Vikings 30-20. Drew Brees only had 120 yards throwing in this one. Uh, the game, the, the momentum swung entirely in favor of the Saints late in the second quarter with under a minute to go. Adam Thielen catches a little swing pass for five yards, fumbles it. He should not have fumbled it. The Saints recovered, ran it back deep into Vikings territory, added 15 yards to the end of that play or the end of that return because Laquan Treadwell threw his helmet out uh, on the field, took his helmet off, threw it in disgust. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, second half, uh, Stephon Diggs doesn't run through his route entirely, and Kirk Cousins throws an interception. It was a pick six. That'd be all they that that was really done. But uh, I'm placing most of the blame on Adam Thielen in this one, which sucks because he had over 100 yards for the eighth straight game, tying him with Calvin Johnson for most all time. He had a receiving touchdown as well. 
But uh, that's a tough loss for the Vikings, who, if they had won that game, would have been 5-2-1 instead of 4-3-1 in a dogfight with the Bears and the Packers. And even the Lions aren't out of it. First place in the NFC North. And then Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills 25-6, but they had to work for it. The Bills' defense played really well in this one. Patriots get a pick six uh, only after... They had given up, uh, or they, they touched down the Bills. I thought they scored was reversed. Pick six, uh, the Patriots put it away. They win 25-6. The Bills retired. Thurman Thomas's number put him in the ring of honor there at halftime. So that, uh, certainly fun to see there. Let's make some early picks for week nine in the NFL. As mentioned, it, uh, you, it, as mentioned, it begins Thursday night in the Bay Area. The 1-6 Raiders at the 1-7 49ers. 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Who the hell cares, really? Um, God, the 49ers just lose a lot of close games, but I, I think the they're better than the Raiders. They got the better quarterback in Derek Carr. We'll go with the Raiders? I, I don't know. This, this this game reeks. This game reeks, but I guess I'll lean towards the Raiders narrowly. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. This is games on Sunday. I will go with the Steelers, but I don't say that with a great deal of confidence. Uh, Ravens defense. You know what? Nope, switching courses. Ravens defense plays much better in this one. Their offense will get the job done, and they will sweep the season series with the Steelers. I like the Ravens to take down Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, the Raven, the Steelers then will be done with the Ravens and the Browns division contest. They will only have one more division game remaining. That's Week 17 when they host Cincinnati. Crazy the way the NFL schedule sometimes works out. Chicago Bears at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. If Khalil Mack plays in this one, uh, the Bears win this game easily. If he doesn't play, the Bears win this one easily. The Bills just have no offense. They they don't. They stink. Uh, Tariq Cohen, need you to do well, brother. Please, please. I need points for fantasy. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Ryan Fitzpatrick will get the start in this one. And uh, so that will make this game interesting uh, from the standpoint that the Buccaneers will be able to score some points, but the Panthers will score more. Their defense will come up with a couple more stops and uh, give me the Panthers to take down the Bucks. Kansas City Chiefs at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Still waiting for that third win from the Cleveland Browns to make good on a bet with a guy from work. We'll see how the Browns respond to the firings of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley this week. But uh, even if it's good, their best won't be enough to beat Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Uh, right now, I just you know, Sam Darnold and the, the Jets offense really struggling. Uh, but Miami's got Brock Osweiler. Maybe Ryan Tannen will play. I don't know. Uh, Jets beat the Dolphins earlier this season. I will take the Dolphins, but I don't see that very confidently at all. Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Vikings have never beat the Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium. This is year three. 
It's about time they get that done. This is a very pivotal month coming up for the Minnesota Vikings with three division games in a row and a bye week uh, sandwiched in the middle there. Uh, they need this game. They will beat the Detroit Lions. Atlanta Falcons at the at Washington, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Falcons' offense is very good. Their defense, not so great, but they were better this past week against uh, against Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants on Monday Night Football uh, last week. They are on the bye this week. We'll see if that does anything for them. Uh, but I... I will take Washington, but I'd love to see Atlanta come away with the victory here. Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Call me crazy, but Deshaun Watson and the Texans are playing great right now. Broncos aren't. Give me the Texans on the road. Los Angeles Chargers at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Call me crazy, but you know what? I'm just not a fan, not a, quite a believer in the Seahawks yet. Philip Rivers and company have had a week, a couple weeks to prepare since they had the bye week last week. Give me the Chargers over the Seahawks, and then the big game on Fox doubleheader: New Orleans Saints hosting the Saint or the St. Louis. Well, there's a dollar. Better do some push-ups. The Los Angeles Rams, excuse me. That game's 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 3:25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I think the the Saints, uh, the Saints are really good. The Rams are just a little better, though. It'll be a raucous environment there at the uh, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I'll take the Rams, and I'll take them narrowly over the Saints. And then Sunday Night Football, Green Bay Packers at the New England Patriots, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. So this would be the game of the day outside of Rams-Saints. I'm not going to go against Tom Brady and company. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did all they could last week, but I think the Patriots just get it done. Uh, give me them over the Packers. And then Monday Night Football, Tennessee Titans at the Dallas Cowboys, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. We'll see what Amari Cooper can do. Is he that real deal for Dak Prescott? We shall see. I'll take the Cowboys over the Titans in this one. And that is a look at Week 9 in the NFL. Week 9 already. Official picks and predictions, as always, can be found in the stack. That's at stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. Of course, the game's Thursday night. Uh, we'll, we'll make your prediction then. And then Monday night uh, for Monday Night Football, or then Monday's post, we'll make our prediction for Monday Night Football. Uh, you can always find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Blog Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at ndstacken. Also, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Hopefully, we get an SDSU podcast in this week, a SDSU version of the Sports Blog podcast with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Try and shoot for that either this week or next week, so definitely stay tuned for that. Thank you to Charlie for uh, being the, the solo host, uh, co-host with me this week. Uh, great stuff. Always enjoy talking college football with Charlie there. Uh, so for Charlie... Uh, Hildebrand and, uh, and myself, I'm Nathan Stackens, saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Big one next week, we'll talk college basketball, uh, big season preview there, we'll have a recap of the World Series, and we'll see what else, uh, talk football and talk Travis's trip to the Twin Cities, and see what else we can talk about as well. So again, for Charlie, I'm Nathan, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy. Happy Halloween, everyone. Be you know mindful of all the ghosts, uh, little ghosts and goblins. Give out good candy, not tooth.
toothbrushes or toothpaste or floss or any of that, uh, any healthy garbage, give candy to kids. If not, it, not every day. It's just one night, Halloween. But enjoy it, uh, dress up, have a, have a ball, have a great time. Uh, thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, keep it, keep it, uh, see if we maybe get an SDSU uh, edition out this week. So be mindful of that. Again, Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, iTunes, the Sports Block Podcast, Nathan Stacken saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.